Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 134, Author's Promotion Show, Journey to Wholeness. Hello everyone, today we are with Dr. Jennifer Champion and she is a bestseller author, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, she has doctorate in clinical nutrition, masters in human nutrition. First of all, thank you for being our guest. And second, we're going to talk about your book. I know uh, that you're doing also functional medicine and some Mm -hmm. uh, human nutrition. So first of all, tell me about yourself. How did you become interested in nutrition (laughs) and then uh, functional medicine? How how long is this podcast? Um, Okay, so I... I actually started my healing journey uh, majoring in psychology for my undergrad. And I was very fascinated with the world of eating disorders, having had one myself. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a perfect niche for myself. And then I got to the end of my psych degree and I was like, no, (laughs) I don't want to do this. And I kind of bumbled around from job to job. And, you know, during that time, I had gained so much weight. I was probably about 350 pounds at that point. Um, And I was really unhealthy. I was diagnosed eventually, took a while, but I was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, otherwise known as PCOS. Um, And I was really just thrown on medications. At that point, they didn't have metformin, or I'm sure I would have been put on that, but they gave me prednisone, the pill, and Prozac, otherwise what I known as or what I call as the three Ps. And I gained more weight on the prednisone. I ended up losing my gallbladder um, from being on the birth control pills for so long. My body was just not detoxifying estrogen and it backed up and the Prozac just numbed me and I didn't really enjoy that feeling. So I eventually, and I'm not advocating for you to do this, but I am very headstrong, but I just pulled myself off of everything and was like, there has to be a better way. Um, I had lost my mom uh, when I was five. She died from complications from systemic lupus erythematosus, SLE, um, long before they had any sort of treatment plan or what they consider treatment plan. And then I also started taking care of my grandmother who was raising me when I was 11. She started having these major strokes. And for many years, she was actually wheelchair bound. So um, I became the caretaker of the family and really just watching, you know, there was no, oh, well, let's, let's consider what you're eating. Or, you know, you really should stop smoking and drinking. It was, oh, here's just another pill. And that never resonated with me. You know, I figured there had to have been something, a different way. And that's when I kind of stumbled upon naturopathic medicine. And I thought, oh, that must be where I'm supposed to be. So I went back to school and started working on all the prereqs to get in. And at that point, I was like 31, 32. And I'm sitting in a classroom full of 18, 19 year olds and going, 
I'm going to prison. I'm going to choke them. Seriously. Like they're so disrespectful to the instructor. And I was like, no, I'm just too old for this stuff. That's really what this is. So I started exploring other opportunities. And that's when I stumbled upon uh, University of Western States uh, in Portland, Oregon, shame, shameless plug, <laughs> uh, for their Masters of Human Nutrition and Functional Medicine. And I had never heard of this functional medicine concept, but it resonated. I was like, yes, I have always thought all the other medicine was dysfunctional. Let me find out what functional medicine is. And that's where I really started to learn about the connections between all of the different systems in the body and how things worked together and how, you know, just because, for example, I have a hormonal imbalance doesn't mean that it doesn't impact the gastrointestinal system or my digestive tract or my cardiovascular system or my neurological system or my muscle or whatever. And everything just kind of was like, boom here it is. Here's the, the missing piece. So I had to petition to get in. Um, I didn't have all of the prereqs. And I was also running with the big dogs. I mean, everybody that was around me was an MD, a DC, um, uh, a DO. I mean, like they were all just doctors and doctors and doctors. And here I am just this, you know, little psychology bachelor's degree person going, yes, I can do this too. And I asked questions and, you know, I was the one that was like, I'm going to do this. And I finished that master's in like 18 months and it was supposed to be a three-year program. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I was just so passionate about it. And I felt like, oh, this resonated. Well, then conversation came around and I actually did go to naturopathic doctor at school and thought, okay, this is the natural progression. I got in there and I actually didn't enjoy it. And so I ended up withdrawing. And that's when I found the doctorate of clinical nutrition. And I went into that and I was like, yep, this is absolutely the right fit for me. And so that's kind of my nutshell. And I have always been very fascinated with women's health and nutrition. And, I, you know, for me, if I can actually help a woman to stay alive to raise their child so that the child doesn't have to go through the grief and the trauma that I did. For me, all that blood, sweat and tears is worth it, you know, to see somebody's health come back, um, you know, to to help that person realize, you know, that's actually, you know, gas and bloating, and that's not a normal part of life. It's likely something that you're eating, or we need to look at the microbiome or whatever. So there you go. Oh, you know, you actually mentioned uh, to something very interesting because I'm working with my clients. I'm a fertility coach as well. Uh -huh. So some of my clients have PCOS, but, and uh, I'm also uh, educating myself with functional medicine. Nice. And then I tell them that you may have problem with uh, your gut or you may mm -hmm. have some underlying issues. They can't believe it. So yeah. some of them try to just um, push themselves with pills because medicine looks to 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 us <laughs> looks more um, more miraculous and more practical but it's not because yeah. to my understanding because i had the same issue i didn't have pcos but i had um, some fertility issues uh -huh. and you can't believe it my problem one of my problem was my osmo <laughs> Yeah. And inflammation, you know, as soon as uh, um, I, the blocker 
gone. I could see a lot of um, improvement in myself and could get naturally sure. pregnant. You know, it's it's so yeah. interesting how body works. Like oh, yeah. every pieces of your body is related. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's honestly why I chose to write the book because I don't have time in my schedule to see every single woman that absolutely needs the help or they don't have the finances or you know they're in a different country or whatever the case may be and so what i started also piecing together was not just the physical aspect but i was seeing a lot of women who experienced trauma and they no longer perceived that the world was safe enough for them to bring a baby into, whether they had been raped, molested, they were a refugee, they had grown up, uh, you know, in a drug infested or alcohol infested environment, and they were beaten or whatever. And they, they were convinced that, yes, I want this baby, I want the baby. But their uterus, their womb was hearing because of the sub subconscious relay a message, it's not safe. And so they would continuously have these miscarriages or they couldn't even have, I mean, I have some women who are on IVF and they keep not, you know, the implantation process doesn't work. And so I actually started going out on a limb and I mean, I'm not a therapist, I'm a coach, but I would pull back that layer and I would say, you know, do you actually perceive the world to be safe? Do you feel like you're in a good family? Is your partner supportive? Do you have the love that you need to bring this child to fruition? And a lot of times they were telling me no. And it was like this light bulb just went off. And so we started building upon the tribe and who their people were and then helping them find a therapist if they needed it. Sometimes, you know, just coaching and asking questions is sufficient enough if somebody isn't just right out of that traumatic situation. Um, but helping them process that and how our thoughts and our emotions get stored in physical structures in our body and can impede health along the way. You are right. Trauma also affected because um, I'm also a PTSD coach and I have a show about the PTSD. Yeah. And uh, we also talk about this so many times that uh, PTSD, childhood trauma can create lots of hidden layers in your body For and sure. easily can disconnect your mind and body. So yeah. by the time this connection is not there, your body is not going to heal because you have to process your trauma. That's so interesting yeah. that you have the psychologic background and that really <laughs> full helps. circle. <laughs> it comes yeah. back full circle. I was so yeah. adamant. I was like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to listen to people's problems. There was an old Geico commercial with, uh, oh gosh, he was like the the general or something. I'm I'm horrible with military terms, but and, and he was for on full metal jacket and he was playing the role of a therapist and he like picks up the tissue box and throws it at his client. And he goes, that's your problem. Let's just run off to Mamby Pamby land. And I was like, that's me. That's me. I'm like, no, really, Jen, it's not you. Like, <laughs> you know, like it was just this front and I have my own emotional trauma. And that was for me, that was very triggering. And I was like, oh, you know, I need to address those things in myself too, in order to help others. But yeah, everything just comes back full circle and, and everything happens for a reason. And I'm a really firm believer in that. 
Yes, and uh, let's just have a few second break and we come back again. Okay. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book, Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. All right. Tell me about nutrition. I know you are a skillful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a really yeah. broad topic. <laughs> yes, I know, but... but um, just I'm just trying to find a connection between nutrition okay. and uh, probably mental health because okay. uh, I know because um, as you said your PCOS also mm-hmm. related to nutrition and probably you have some trauma that you had to process oh, yeah. <laughs> if you can give me example about your own PCOS how you could treat it maybe we can clarify this topic more Okay, sure, sure. So with PCOS, you know, there really are different presentations. But most women get lumped into the blood sugar dysregulation category in terms of PCOS development, which there is absolutely a response or a connection between glucose insulin regulation and PCOS development, because that insulin actually affects our our sex hormones, as well as our adrenal hormones. Um, What I find most commonly not talked about within the medical community is this ideology that PCOS can actually also originate with adrenal dysfunction. It could actually also be up in the brain with hypothalamus and pituitary dysfunction, or it could potentially be passed down genetically. Um, What we see most often is going to be that blood sugar dysregulation and the adrenal dysregulation. And so in terms of nutrition, what I usually will help those clients do is to reduce their carbohydrate intake. There's some sort of processing issue that is going on with these individuals. And there is a theory, this is not my theory, but there is a theory out there uh, that PCOS actually originated back in cave people time. And when we would encounter periods of famine, we wouldn't have enough food to feed the tribe that was already here. So the woman's body would shut down so that the fertility didn't occur. Well, we keep doing that over and over. Well, we have our own current famine. It's called a nutrient famine. We have an abundance of food. We can go to the grocery store pretty much any time of the year and pick up Strawberries. Well, strawberries, there's a winter variety and a summer variety. We really shouldn't be able to buy them in October or in, let's say, March. But yet we can because we're flying them in. We're gassing them. We're treating them. Um, And so the amount of nutrients that are provided from that particular food has decreased over the years uh, because we are just mass producing these things instead of eating locally eating within seasons, which is what our cave people or ancestors would have done. They ate what they grew or they ate what they could forage. Um, And a lot of times what they could get in the middle of winter was an animal and that's what they would eat. So they'd have a high protein, high fat diet during the winter months. And then we roll around to spring and summer where produce 
you know, we, you know, I'm here in Washington state, you can't throw a rock and not hit a wild blackberry bush. And so that's kind of how things were. And so now our famine is also the, you know, we have a plentiful amount of food, but we don't have the high nutrient profile that we used to. And so that contributes, you know, because we're eating more and more and more to try to satiate ourselves. And so that contributes to like the blood glucose or the blood um, insulin dis dysregulation. In terms of adrenals, it ties directly into that blood sugar dysregulation um, because cortisol and insulin will balance one another. Um, but what I find most often are those the those are the women who have higher incidence of, of trauma in their background. Um, they are also running with you know CEO positions or trying to manage it all. You know I'm I'm a big advocate of everybody being do being able to do whatever they feel that they should be doing, could be doing, would be doing, need to be doing in life. Um, but we also have a culture of, yes, women can go out and work and hold these high power positions, yay us, but we're also still expected to be everything that we were back in 1920 in the home. Do the laundry, cook all the meals, raise all the kids, go to work, have this high exec position. Oh, and don't let your lipstick smear in the process. And so we have just this, you know, perfect storm really where our adrenals drop and when that happens then we see that blood sugar dysregulation because we're exhausted we're trying to find food sugary salt fat whatever we can to get us that energy that we feel like we need uh and then we're also living off of coffee here in washington state you can't drive more than a mile and not see a coffee shop or a coffee stand or whatever um it is such a culture and in fact, when I asked my clients, how much coffee do you drink? I had a client, a new client earlier today, and she was like, I have a cup, but it's a really big cup. I said, let's be honest. Is it really the pot? And you just put a straw in it. And she's like, pretty close. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, we just, we just keep self-medicating, whether it's salt, sugar, fat, caffeine, whatever. And all of that really does come into play when we develop hormonal conditions, whether it's PCOS or endometriosis or fibroids or whatever. Um, all of it works together. And so when I'm working with a client and I'm trying to stabilize their adrenals, a lot of it will have to do with how their adrenal profile presents on where I put their fat and their protein and then where I strategically place carbohydrates. Because if we're in adrenal fatigue, we need carbohydrates. So all of the keto low carb diets, yeah, they, they can be great for the right individual. But that doesn't mean every individual is going to react appropriately with, you know, a low carb diet. In fact, I see a lot lot of women, um, PCOS aside, who I'm like, oh, we're doing this keto diet, and they're great for a couple of weeks. And then they crash and burn, and they don't understand why. They're just like, I'm supposed to have more energy. And we run their adrenals, and sure enough, they their adrenals are in the tank, and they're exhausted. So that's when we start going down other rabbit holes in terms of emotional processing and things like that. You know, you mentioned so many great things here. I just tried to find a connection. <laughs> uh, first of all, you said about seasonal food, which I totally mm -hmm. believe in it because I talked to so many people. I had more than 130 episodes and wow. uh, so many acupuncture practitioners. Mm -hmm. And uh, they all believe that we have to eat seasonal. Yeah. Let's say... You're right. Let's say in the middle of summer, you can't really eat banana. 
<laughs> really, because it's, it's tropical, it's very hot, it's very warm food. Yeah. And you, you can eat it, but you can eat banana in winter. <clears throat> you see? When, uh, even if you see um, like orange, yeah, orange or um, tangerine, you know, this kind of thing, uh, it's really good for winter. Right. <laughs> really. And, uh, yeah. you know, whenever I buy them, during the summer because we may catch cold or we think that we need sure. that only during those days that we are sick we can use it mm -hmm. like it, it it doesn't go there <laughs> yeah but yeah you're right it should be seasonal because uh, when you don't take the fruit seasonally as you said the nutrition decrease and another point mm -hmm. is uh, because you actually burden this food to your body because it's out of your season out of whatever mm. you actually get used to it when your ancestor get used to it because you are from there yeah yep. right mm -hmm. so it's not in your gene that's why you you think that you are putting so much good nutrition in your body but you don't yeah <laughs> i like this one and then you said uh, about the pressure you want to be perfect you go to work you are exhausted mm -hmm. uh, that's actually aligned with so many of my clients the the number one priority that i have on my list is look at the, their fatigue and exhaustion because they are yeah. usually overloaded they work too much and they don't like their job and that's the yeah. worst part of it <laughs> Because if you enjoy your job, like let's say you are paint, painting, doing the mm -hmm. painting, it's a very creative thing, or writing, as I love writing, I'm like I love journalistic. Yeah. And then I love to write books, you know. I never get tired because, and whenever I get tired, I don't write, but I, I like to write for hours, right? So I don't get tired, but when you go to work, you have to work something that is not yeah. part of your nature. You really hate to do that. <laughs> you really exhaust yourself. If you yeah. go out, you have to be in commute, especially Washington. So man, it's, it's very crowded, especially out. Yeah. I saw every time we go there, we have to stay there for like few hours. Sometimes it's, it's so on the freeway. <laughs> Yeah, on a freeway. Yeah. yeah. It's a very <laughs> painful part of the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same as Toronto. Toronto is very, very crowded as well. So as I'm saying, yeah, and you said coffee, because coffee, you add milk in it first. Mm -hmm. The coffee itself, sugar. <laughs> yeah, sugar, milk, mm -hmm. and the coffee itself, it, I feel that it fake your body to be alarmed to be alert right yeah and then whenever i have coffee evening i can't sleep i can't sleep through the morning i'm not really i'm not a coffee person i was like i used to drink coffee three times per day when i go to work you know i yeah. i just smell it oh my goodness it's like very addiction <laughs> very addictive right so yeah yeah but right now i, ju I, I just stopped it because my stomach really hurts so I can't take mm. coffee anymore and I don't like it. Like 
maybe if we go take a trip maybe once in a blue moon i take it but it's not like my regular yeah thing. yeah i'm the type of per i cannot drink coffee i don't i don't actually like the smell of it to me it smells like skunk spray okay. um <laughs> So I don't care for the smell of it, but if I were to drink it, you'd be peeling me off the ceiling from my, you know, with my fingernails, I'd be holding on. To <laughs> I'm just a really slow detoxifier and I'd be like twitching and, you know, people, my clients would probably be like, am I seeing a drug addict over there? <laughs> yeah. I'm just jonesing for a little something, but yeah, you know, I mean, that's definitely a, a concern for a lot of people. They're living off of that that caffeine or that sugar and and you're right we most people let's put it that way most people don't just drink a black cup of coffee there's a lot of antioxidant benefits to coffee um, when consumed in moderation especially for somebody who is an, a good detoxifier somebody who's slow they're going to end up crashing more of their adrenals which then pulls their hormones down and their immune system and then they end up with brain fog i mean it's just this cascade um but when we add in the creamer and we add in the sugar or we get one that is, you know, a prepackaged creamer, a lot of times those are laden with genetically modified organisms. And in other countries, I don't know about Canada, but here in the U.S., we don't do a lot of studies on them. And that's simply because there's a lot of money invested in it. Mm -hmm. But I have colleagues that are living in Spain or France or Germany, and they'll send me articles that their scientists are doing the research on and making connections, long-term connections with, you know what, if you're going to consume GMOs, this is what the potential is. And we're just not doing that here, unfortunately. So yeah, that goes back to that whole nutrition concept. When we're feeding our body real food, you know, or it, as much organic as the budget can tolerate, then we're doing our body a much bigger service when we are consuming foods that way. You know, when I was in Iran, like many many years ago <laughs> 17 <laughs> years ago right 17 years ago we didn't drink coffee too much like really? it was not really common those days no everybody <laughs> drinks so much coffee and we had um, only turkish coffee there uh, those oh, days and it was like espresso very yeah. very uh, strong some people liked it, but I didn't like it. But when I when I when I came to Australia, I used to live there as well. I started having coffee because I oh that's not bad. Let's have it. <laughs> and then because I didn't like espresso, espresso to me was so strong. Yeah. So I started having a little lighter, lighter, and I think coffee will create a lot of addiction. Really. Oh well, yeah. Addiction. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, th I think you're absolutely right. When we consume high amounts of caffeine, our body does become addicted to it. Mm -hmm. um, it's what gets us up and a moving. I mean, my wife always makes the joke that her brain doesn't come online until she's had a cup of coffee. My brain doesn't come online until I go to the gym in the morning. So, you know, we all have... <laughs> are things that turns us on in the morning. But yeah, when when we have that caffeine, it can cause our, our adrenals to excrete the cortisol, our body to excrete the cortisol faster. And so then there's nothing in order for us to respond to the stressors, the demands. Um, you know, I see a lot of this with um, 
you know, CEOs or people who work in large Fortune 500 companies. Um, so I don't get myself sued. I'll refrain from saying them. Um, but, you know, it's it, they're running on that and they're excreting the caffeine. So they get that quick boost and then they're crashing and then they need another boost. And, you know, maybe it's, oh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. It's too late for coffee. And some people who's listening to this may be going, two o'clock is not too late for coffee. We could have coffee at four. Um, but, you know, so instead of reaching for the caffeine, then they reach for the sugary treat, like That's some exactly. cookies or something like that, because they got to get that, you know, level back up again. And they're just trying to make it through the day. And there's no judgment there. It's just, there's a better way to do yeah. all of that. So, uh, Jennifer, you have a website. Uh, do you have a freebie first? <laughs> a, a freebie on the website? Uh-huh. Um, so no, I didn't come planned with that, but if anybody is interested, I, you know, just email me and I will send them over maybe like a free meal plan, um, that they could follow to, to help with, uh, stress modulation, uh, or hormone balance. So if you're going to email me, you can email me at Jennifer at neogenesisnutrition.com. Can they and go with your Instagram or website to connect oh, with you? Yes, yeah. yes, I am on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Um, I'm not great with either one of those. So if you don't hear from me, you can email me directly. Um, but I will, you know, check my I'll make a point to check both of those accounts. Um, you can find me at Dr. Jennifer Champion on Facebook or Neogenesis Nutrition on Facebook. I have two accounts there. Um, because hey, I'm not good with one. So let's have two. And then also Instagram um is also dr jennifer champion and i believe there's dots in between each one of those dr period jennifer period champion can you show us your book please sure <laughs> there you go i love so your cover thank it's you so colorful, very nice Thank you. Yeah, I wanted something. So I learned a lot in this process that white is the color that they choose for self-help books. And I was like, why white? But anyways, um, but I wanted something that was a little bit more vibrant. So I chose navy blue and like a fuchsia. Um, and I'm here, I'm on the autism spectrum. So I'm huge on texture. And I won't buy a book unless it's got that really soft texture on the cover. So it's got a soft texture. Um, so feel free to read the book and pet the book. It likes it. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank and, you. Uh, hopefully we can have you again and again in this show. <laughs> I would love it. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book, Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams.